lift off and the clock has started. So 213, recording October 17, 2022. My name is Zach Anderson, and this week we will be discussing horror, movies, games, spooky stories, Silent Hill returning. Maybe we'll throw in some voice actor drama and what we've been playing and more. And to do this, always, Shannon, why is he on this episode more? Hello. I've asked myself that same question. Um, when we initially talked about it, you said horror, and I thought it was horror, and then you just went horror, and, you know, the hard R at the end got me. So, mm, yeah, it's going to be a quiet gotcha. episode. It's yeah. going to be it's gonna be quiet episode for me. Um, it's going to be it's gonna be hard, because I know I'm the favorite, so it's just, it's going to be hard well, to stay quiet. Hopefully, hopefully we get along without you somehow I, I i brought some extra firepower just in case uh speaking of just in case justin carter's also here learning to swim dude i know this weekend oh yeah no this week in no, arizona i was gonna say i hear it was pouring it so. dude it was i tried to uh send the video to you guys but you know for whatever reason discord only allows such a small amount of data to be transferred but dude it was literally raining cats and dogs out here like the, my yard was flooded like the wind was going everywhere like it was it was pretty wild and it then, was raining cats and dogs and there were floating turds everywhere <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah yeah no yeah had it been had it been your monthly pickup yet or no i just did it last week so it wasn't that bad Wait, wait, wait. You just did it last week. That is like a whole week's worth of poop in the backyard. <laughs> yeah, it is a, a it is a week's worth of poop. But you know, that's the thing though. So in but Arizona heavily fertilized. Heavily yeah, but fertilized. you have to understand though, like it's not there's California shit, right? Where you know, a dog shits on the sidewalk in California, you, you step in it and it's moist for four days. In Arizona, as soon as that turd hits the ground, <laughs> the pavement sucks all the moisture out of it and it's instantly a fossil like yeah it doesn't suck when it rains it barely rains here sure and then yeah the rain rehydrates all the turds and then yeah that kind of sucks but most of the time dude it, like the dog the shit's already hard as it's like falling out the dog's ass in arizona i love how it like you are so like you are so dug in with both feet like <laughs> on this dog poop issue it is ridiculous uh, and now that we've lost all our listeners let me introduce <laughs> Yes, it's gonna help. I'm Uh Steve, Mr. Alarm Whitacom. How you doing, hey. Steve? Hey, thank you for having me and uh happy spooky season, everyone. Um as a fellow yes. Arizona resident, I was watching Justin's dog tur- turds float by <laughs> outside my window. <laughs> yeah. yeah that's that's how Justin that's how Justin gets to clean his yard. They just float out. You know? <laughs> yeah. Not my uh, problem, it's the city's problem. <laughs> Well, you're you're in the you're in the Phoenix area as well, right, Steve? I am. Yeah, in Mesa. Yeah. So yeah, pretty pretty close by. 
so uh yeah my understanding is it was like what two inches of rain in a day or some crazy thing like it was insane just all day long off and on just a torrential rain pour and then nothing for an hour and then back to torrential it was it was crazy (laughs) we're not used to that here it's 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 like the apocalypse in arizona when it rains heavily (laughs) yeah for sure that's kind of like when it when it gets to like 30 degrees in california and everyone freaks out you know yeah, I was uh, staring in, out the sliding glass door in the backyard, and my neighbor's rain gutter was like a flag in the wind off the side of their house. Like, <laughs> half of it was disconnected. I was like, man, I hope that stays on there for their sake and doesn't go flying away. And that's the thing. Everything's so flimsy here be- between the trees and, yeah, any any metal uh, things are just just go flying when it storms. It's, it's a mess. Good times. Good times. Speaking of dark and stormy nights... How about we have a little horror discussion, gentlemen? Um, I, I love your hand signals for my transitions, Justin. I appreciate yeah. it. Um, so uh, as as people that have listened to us for a while will know, we love having Steve on to discuss horror, everything horror. I don't know anyone else that knows as much about horror movies, and especially bad horror movies, than Steve. And so... He's, he's a wonderful guest to have this time of year. And I thought we'd have a fun discussion because we've been throwing it around uh, between the three of us for a while about some of the best like 80s and 90s horror movies. Because that's when we all grew up and I knew Steve would have hot takes on this uh, on this topic. So uh, thanks for joining us, man. Absolutely. Yeah. Looking forward to the discussion. So this, this all started when they announced the game Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh, and yes. <laughs> me and Justin were like, dang one yes let's go and shannon was like i don't know what the hell you guys are talking about um so i wanted to get your thoughts steve killer clowns from outer space oh day my one. god I'm, day one absolutely i'm so excited and and yeah if you're an 80s kid that movie most more than likely scared you when you were a child or at least the idea of it scared you and then as an adult it's it's the funniest thing ever it's it's a it's, true classic horror comedy it's so it's so like genius in how stupidly macabre it is yes yes great effects there's there's a there's a t-rex with a giant clown nose at one part in the movie you know (laughs) like it's like come on what are we even doing here they just they they have so much fun just uh doing each and every clown related cliche one after another you have like the little clown car that they all pile out of you have like increasingly small doors leading to nowhere just the (laughs) pies cream pies that somehow dissolve people's flesh it's just everything it's so much fun the cotton candy cocoons yes yeah. <laughs> oh, uh, the, the cotton candy cocoons are especially great because they don't they they drink their blood using the the twirly straws yeah it's... the silly straws yeah for <laughs> sure uh justin when when we play this are you going to be a clown or are you going to be a a not camper but whatever a a, a circus goer like trying to get away it's one of those it's one of those asymmetrical horror games where there's like three clowns versus like six people or something like that but it's like no one wants to be a circus goer like you're not playing it to be a circus goer my man i'm playing it to be a clown yeah like that's what you want to do you're down with the clown yeah i'm down the clown I don't know if they let me play as Royal Dano, that might be awfully tempting. But yeah, otherwise, a uh, clown for me as well. Gotcha. And and Shannon just won't play it. Look, look at him; he's already checked out. <laughs> I already have the eyeballs drawn on yeah, his eyelids. He's even on and, mute, and he doesn't even and, know it. 
you know that's that's how uh, that's how unprepared i was like i i knew that i was just not going to be talking so like to hide my farts and burps i was just going to put myself on mute <laughs> but uh yeah i mean i'll play the game i mean it's a game i'm gonna play it it's gonna be fine uh you know there's creepy clowns you know i don't i don't know what else to say i i, I don't care if i'm a clown or i'm I'm a circus goer, but let's be honest, nobody goes to the circus anymore, right? Well, yes, I, I would say the circus has, uh, in the time from when we were children to now, the the uh, public sentiment of circuses has definitely <laughs> changed. <laughs> yeah. Because I remember going to the circus as a kid, but yeah, I don't know if I'd take my kids to the circus anymore. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, while we're talking about creepy circuses, I think the only time I've actually been to a circus has been like when I went to Circus Circus. Mm -hmm. uh, and well, that that's was... not that. Mm, no, <laughs> Shannon's like, well, it has circus in the name twice. <laughs> like, <laughs> I know, right? I mean, there was a trapeze artist in the middle, or the a trapeze and some clowns and shit in the middle of the place. You know, so mm -hmm. I mean, mm -hmm. I figure it was you know something. So I don't know. Also, so, slot machines and bourbon. So hey, you know. yeah, broken dreams and people crying. It was great. Yes. So I mean, it's not far off from a regular circus, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, Shannon's like, I was a certified carny for a day. <laughs> oh, that's why my ride fell apart. Okay, um, but uh, yeah, now I'm I'm very excited. But I want more games based on like super niche '80s horror movies. Mm -hmm. Can we get Agreed. that, please? Steve, what would your what would your title be? What 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 are you pulling out of your rabbit or rabbit are out of the hat here for uh, awful eighties horror movies that we can make oh, a game out of? That's a the fantastic question because I immediately when we were talking about the circus theme, I was thinking of the the it's not quite a circus, it's an amusement park, but the movie The Fun House, uh, the Toby oh, Hooper movie. Yeah. But I don't think that would make a very good game because there's just a pretty limited number of people in it. But yeah, just. The killer clowns choice was so inspired. I, just, I don't think anyone expected anything along those lines. Could we do, could I could I interject? I, I mm -hmm. think I think a critters movie would be good. A, a critters yeah, I could do a critters movie. Yeah, like uh, you could like have your face melt off and then re like rebranded with like a different guy, and the different guy has like different skill set. Like you could go through different levels and have different abilities to do different things. What What about a ghoulies movie? Oh gosh, yeah, just uh, they they come out of the toilet like they yeah. never do in the movie, just on the cover. Yeah, uh, man, yeah, and critters and ghoulies, those are. But that I, I like where you guys are headed because it's that same type of thing where you could have like a mob of ghoulies or critters versus a couple players, and then the power and... up would be the the critters all form that big ball. Yeah, where they, they fuse together. <laughs> and then it's you... Katamari Damacy for uh, controlling them. That'd be so good. No, no. How it is is all the critters players have to work together to make the thing move. So you get like co-op controls over the big <laughs> <fruits> bar. <laughs> See, Justin, you're you make games. Get on this. Get on it. <laughs> like my initial thought was like a. It, I guess it'd be kind of similar to like the Friday the Thirteenth game, but it'd be My Bloody Valentine. Oh wow! And you're like yeah. stashing stashing bodies in the dryer and stuff and. You know. Okay. Okay. But is it one of those things where you're trying not to trigger like everyone else? 
So it's like you're trying to hide all the bodies. Yeah, you're trying to like pick them off and then stash the bodies somewhere. And then you like get bonus points for like harvesting their heart out and putting it in a little chocolate candy box and stuff. (laughs) That's good. That's good. I think uh, I think Return of the Living Dead uh, could make for a very fun video game adaptation because there's like those kind of unique zombies within that. You have the the Tar Man. Mm -hmm. And yeah, man, I love that movie. And that would be a really fun game to play. I, I love that movie because they were like, you know, it would be even scarier, punk zombies. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> so oh. so dumb, but so great. Not as dumb as uh, Return of the Living Dead three or whatever one that was. Oh, three was the the really serious one, right? With the the Romeo and Juliet plot uh, line. I don't remember the plot line. I just remember like the one girl was had to like keep injuring herself yep. to avoid turning into a zombie or something and it was yeah. so dumb it's a really dark one i think i think brian usna the the reanimator producer did that and you could tell because it was just it was more concerned with the goopy effects than oh, yeah. really just being a fun movie it was like what what new practical effect can we put on screen yes right now? it was gross that's a gross one for sure go quick question going back to the funhouse was that toby hooper's like follow-up to texas chainsaw massacre or did he have something in there, in between there? Yeah, so I, I think he worked with, with Canon a bit, uh, the, the kind of schlocky film company uh-huh. from the 80s after Texas Chainsaw Massacre. So we did Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2 with them, um, okay. like a, a kind of Alien Invaders type movie that was a little bit more for kids. And then maybe Life Force was around the time of the Funhouse, but... Toby um, Hooper, for the kids, you know. Um, <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Not life, life force. That's for sure. That's a don't let the yeah. kids watch that one. But uh, yeah, it's just strange filmography. But I, I do really like uh, at least the ambition behind a lot of his movies. Oh, for sure. And I mean, when you come out of the gate with Texas Chainsaw Massacre, that's you know, it's difficult. Right. <laughs> it's difficult to go anywhere but down from there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Uh, but yeah, let's. Uh, I, I wanted to kind of discuss some of the 80s goodness so it's funny because like when you look at the the time period it's like that's when kind of like all the all the seeds that were sown in the 70s all germinated into like weird slasher movies mm-hmm. for a lot that's where you get a lot of your you know friday the 13th nightmare on elm street that's where i mean halloween came along in the 70s but it got its legs under it in the 80s you know, and sequel mania, like it was like, OK, that one was a hit. Make another one. That one was a hit. Make another one. I mean, you were getting like slumber party sequels and stuff like that. You know, it's it's kind of nuts. Um, So I, I I guess I want to throw it to you guys. Like, Justin, you're you're also a big student of the horror movies. Like, why do you think all the slasher ones kind of came to fruition there? Like it seems kind of weird, right? It is like I think a lot of companies were just trying to like with the success of Halloween and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Like everyone was just trying to throw what they could against the wall to see if they could get like another piggyback kind of off the success of that and stuff, and try and uh-huh. see what sticks and what doesn't. And you know, like you said, like some good ones can't like. I love Slumber Party Massacre. Like that one was <laughs> one of my favorites. To you know, I'd rent that from Hollywood Video back in the day, and um. I know there was like some like you know I love my bloody Valentine. It only ever got one, mm-hmm. and then they did the reboot in 3D, which I went by myself like on Valentine's <laughs> Day or whatever when it came out to go see that in theaters. Uh, the shortest, saddest story ever. <laughs> <laughs> but um, you know I 
I think it's one of those two, you know, a lot of slash, it's like a tight, you know, 90 minutes. Like it's sure. good. You can make it on a really low budget and stuff. So it was like the turnover for those type of movies and stuff. You know, if it became successful, it just basically printed money and stuff. Like mm-hmm. if you made it for like, you know, 20, you know, $30,000 and then you're getting like six figures back and stuff, you know, that was a success back in the day. And uh, have it. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask if, if any of you have seen Twitch of the Death Nerve, uh, also known as Bay of Blood. No, I haven't seen that. I haven't seen so that either. It's a 1971 Mario Bava movie, and, and I, I feel okay. like it's pertinent to the discussion because it, if you watch it, there's a sequence in it where um, the killer goes after a group of uh, late teens when they're in a cabin, and it's undeniably Friday the 13th. They even... In one of the Friday the Thirteenth movies, either Part Two or Three, I think uh, mm-hmm. they they basically stole one of the kills from that, where the the couple's in bed and Jason stabs both of them with like a spear or a sharp object that it's impales an, it's them an both. Arrow, I think it's an arrow. Oh yeah, yeah through through, through the arc. neck yeah. and stuff, and he's like choking on the leg, goes like, like through under the mattress or whatever. It's like, <laughs> well, that was uh, yeah, I think that was the the Kevin Bacon one in one, but yeah, yeah, this was like kind of a more direct reference to and. You know, I don't think it rips off too much of that movie. That's one sequence within that movie. But I feel like just taking, uh, like applying that sort of formula mm-hmm. to to the, the kind of uh, conservative 80s America is what really got on that start. And then, like Justin said, the, the huge return on investment. And yeah, this, a lot of those tend to be front-loaded in terms of the, like the box office and uh, commercial, how, how much money they make. But yeah, it's it's... To me, it always goes back to that Twitch of the Death Nerve movie, and it, that's a really interesting one to watch now. Well, and it's funny because that 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 uh, not plot, but that formula is still working. Like, well, you can mm-hmm. look at was it Terrifier just came out with the sequel, right? And yeah, yeah. and that's an eighty slasher movie, but that is mixed with like Eli Roth gore, but it's still just an eighty slasher movie, and and incredibly low budget and i want to say it's already like tripled its budget yeah it did a limited theatrical release and it made over a million on its like opening box office and i and i saw that it made it cost like 600 grand to make or something like that like which is incredibly cheap for a a movie that makes a theater so it it, it's still a working formula kind of nuts have you seen it yet, Justin? No, I really want to see it. I, I was trying to see if it was on streaming yet or not, mm. but I guess like they're they're probably trying to get all the money they can in theater and then it'll probably come out on like Netflix or Peacock or you know something later. I, I'm not even gonna ask if you've seen it, Steve. <laughs> so I, I have not. I, I I'm still kind of in the phase of avoiding movie theaters a little bit. Okay, but sure. And, yeah. and also I, I I believe I read a while back that it was an exclusive to Screenbox, uh, which is like a, a competitor to Shutter as a streaming oh, service. Oh, gotcha. But yeah, they, they must have decided since then to focus on the theatrical release. I, I think once they saw the positive critical reviews, which mm-hmm. is somewhat unexpected for that style of movie. Very much so. Yeah, they, I think they just leaned heavily into the, the theatrical release. So yeah, I'm still hoping against hope at this point that uh, we'll see a... Uh, uh, direct to streaming or, or some sort of streaming um, mm-hmm. release for it this month. Cause, cause that first one, <laughs> Ooh, that, it's, Lord. It's, it's so oh. gory. It was also yeah. like, 
incredibly fucking disgusting in like a lot of scenes which normally there's not a lot that like makes me cringe but there's like parts yeah. like we split like the woman in half and stuff i was like yes. jesus yeah. christ like what the fuck it, it was one of those like and shannon just to bring you into the conversation you ever have those moments where something is so like gross it's hilarious like that <laughs> that is terrifying it's there's some of these kills where you're just like I'm just laughing. It's the worst thing I've ever seen in my life, but I have literally no reaction other than just to laugh. Like, it's one of those. That's yeah. great. It sounds like my type of movie. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. I was at like work watching on my phone, and I kept having to look around. I'm like, I should not be watching this at work right now. <laughs> like... You should. No. no. <laughs> How to uh. get fired by Justin Carter? Um, so, so Shannon, though, with the '80s stuff. Because it is tamer as far as gore and and those type of things. There's a lot of, like, it cuts away, you know, you'll see blood fly, but you won't see the guy get, actually get split in half, that type of thing. Are those are those movies that you watch, or have watched, anyway? I don't know. It, like, it's got a... It's, it, I guess it's just, it hits a certain nerve when I'm watching it. And I think it's just, um, like, if I'm watching something and, I mean, I like suspense, right? Like, suspense mm -hmm. is something I can deal with. Like, thrillers, I'll do, like, all day. Um, yeah. But, like, I mean, if it's just, like, like, I'm not a fan of jump scares. Like, like you can ask the people at work. Like, they try to jump scare me all the time. And I, like, my response is just punch things. So, like, like it's not a good idea to like jump scare me because like, you know, it's, it's not going to end well for anybody. Um, so like, I don't like that feeling that fight or flight kicks in. Like, it's not comfortable for me in a theater. It's not comfortable for me to watch. Mm -hmm. Um, so like, I just, I, it doesn't like, if I can kind of gauge that something is coming or like, you know, there's a tense, like the, the music is building up to it. Like typically like I'll like be able to, to ride that wave a little bit better, but like, like event horizon, um has a pretty good like sequence where like you know the power's off they're yeah. going to the bridge like dude's like doing everything fine like turns around and the corpse just like smashes like right into his like helmet or whatever and you're just like fuck and, like and like and you know i'm just like dude i can't nope like i had to watch event horizon twice because like the first time i had my eyes closed for like half of the movie because like i was in the movie theater with my friends and i just could not like bring myself to keep my eyes open the whole time so I had to go back and watch it a second time so I could see the whole movie. Well, to be fair, you had the same thing with Spider-Man No Way Home. So, <laughs> I mean, different reason, but you couldn't finish yeah. that one either. Uh, actually, though, Event Horizon is a great pull. I love that movie. It is so good. Dude, it, like, it is. It's, it's, don't get me wrong. It's a great movie. Like, And aside from that one part, everything else was manageable for me. It was just that one spot that was like, ah, you got me, guys. Like, that was a good one. Um, yeah, and that was one of those movies where I had no idea what it was. It was just mm -hmm. like, oh, Sam Neill's in this. And like me and a friend were bored on a Saturday and it's like, oh, let's go see a movie. And we walk out of that one being like, holy shit, what did we just watch? <laughs> that shit was amazing. Yeah, no, um, Lawrence Fishburne too. Like, I mean, he yeah. was a gem. So yeah, good movie. Uh, uh, Steve, did they ever do a director's cut of that or anything? Because it seems like there was a lot more to that movie that didn't make it to the movie. Yeah, yeah. My understanding is that a lot of that footage was lost, unfortunately. So they, they had some plans, I think, to try to restore it. But I don't think that ended up uh, working out. I, I just got the most recent release and mm. it didn't say anything to my knowledge about any uh, new content on that release. But yeah, there, there's 
you see the little snippets, the little flashes of mm-hmm. <laughs> the horrible stuff going on in that movie, and it does make you want a, a true director's cut. Oh, yeah, especially when they do the, like, you know, cut back to what the cameras recorded. Yes. Of the old crew and back and forth. And yeah, I, I went and uh, I saw someone on a YouTube channel like slowed that way down and did a breakdown of what you're seeing in every one of those cuts. And it's it's messed up. Yeah, it's not good. It's, <laughs> there, there's a reason those things last a second on the screen, you know, because hmm, hmm, interesting stuff. Yeah, um, yeah. I mean, the, the stuff that you glom onto in the in those in those flashes is disturbing enough. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, circling back to the 80s, I, I find it. So you've got the slasher thing, right? But then you also have kind of like the peak practical effect era, which is like American Werewolf in London, like the whole transformation sequence, which to my mind still hasn't been. It's so painful topped. looking. I yeah. Know. And it's, oh. but it's so great. And Hellraiser, which starts to bring in some cgi and it's awful and it's hilarious to watch it now but uh but also amazing practical effects with like you know when the cinnabites show up and just the look of the cinnabites themselves and the hooks coming out of the walls and ripping people apart and all that stuff like uh and it also is uh, a good precursor to your kind of you know saws and hostels and all that down the road because uh to our earlier point in the conversation and i mean correct me if i'm wrong uh, Steve or Justin, but Hellraiser is kind of that first movie I can think of in the 80s that like showed that stuff as a big movie. Like, I'm sure there were some smaller films, on it, but like as a movie that a lot of people saw, it was like the first one to be like, oh, no, you're watching this guy get his skin ripped off. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Definitely you're one of the most everything. graphic. Um, yeah, I always think of I always think of the scene at the end of Hellraiser, the Jesus wept scene mm-hmm. and then the. um uh, the finale of uh, Day of the Dead as well is like one of the grosser oh, where the guy just yeah. gets torn apart. But yeah, that, that was a rarity at that point. That was kind of coming off of the the era of, of hyper censorship, like with the Friday mm-hmm. the 13th movies where, uh, quite frankly, like some of the later Friday the 13th movies aren't even that bloody because they, they were so heavily cut in order to get an R rating. It's, it's a little bit sad, but, you know... Uh, better filmmakers were able to uh, use that for, for more creativity at times. And yeah, the, the practical effects of that era are just unmatched in their, their general goopiness. Do you, do you think that's like also uh, the students of our people that were making films that were like students in the seventies, like pulling from like Argento and stuff of that. Cause like some of those movies were also some of the first to kind of do that hyper violent stuff. Oh, so. yeah, yeah. Suspiria, uh, the 70s Suspiria. The, the first mm-hmm. time I watched that was I was legitimately shocked. I was like a, a late teen at that point, and I had just never seen anything that gruesome and just that unflinchingly brutal. Yeah. Like the, the opening murder sequence of that is still extremely effective. And um, and it and it shot so beautifully, too. That's yes, the crazy yes. thing. And that's what sets Argento apart, uh, or at least his better movies. It's uh, yeah, there, there's so much effort in the the visual artistry of it the set design it's just always an amazing production if you're watching one of his 70s movies or half of his 80s movies as well yeah because it seems like in the 80s people went the argento route or they went the texas chainsaw route Mm -hmm. you know it's like we're we're either john carpenter over here or we're argento there's there kind of didn't seem to be a a middle ground with with the exception of hellraiser really it kind of did both it kind of tried to walk that line 
So, so let's have it out, gentlemen. Justin, uh, Shannon, if you've seen both, you can get in here too, but I just don't have faith that you have. Uh, Hellraiser or Hellraiser 2? Which one's better? Like, oh, look, they're both stunned. Well, it's like it's hard because I, mm. I just rewatched Hellraiser 1. <laughs> A very uh, concerned sound from Steve. Yeah, <laughs> I, like, I feel like... It, it's like hard because it's hard for me to separate like the nostalgia from like you know i think like all in all like two like two is probably like the the better like movie mm-hmm. or whatever but it's like one it's like dude like the the brother was just so gross and stuff like yeah. looking and stuff and like the elements of like horror like in that like he was just terrifying as he was like transforming from like a puddle of like nothing into like an actual person and he just like looked disgusting and just the way like flesh comes off in that movie is just so Mm. fucking gross like every single time it's like wet bread like coming off of people Oh no! When the skin sleeve comes yeah, off. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, even rewatching it now, I was like, dude, like it looks fake as fuck. Still, but it's like it still made me like wince watching it. I was just like, uh, like even still. Oh yeah, that scene where Frank is forming out yeah. of nothing is is so gross, and it's clearly just shot in reverse. But it's a really creative uh, use of that <laughs> that style. It's oh, that part is disgusting looking. But I'm gonna have to go with one. Yeah, I, th- I think I'll go with one as well. Two is is far better than it has any right to be, and is visually extremely creative. All the the kind of labyrinthine hellscapes that it has are really really cool. Uh, but I think one is just a better story overall, and and has kind of better traditional pacing and narrative. Uh, but two is is visually just a really interesting film. I was gonna say, as cheesy as the effects are, I love the lore that two brings Mm -hmm. with with just like the leviathan like you were saying the labyrinth and and what hell actually is and how they actually go in to that realm and you get a a kind of a snapshot of what the cenobites bring people to and how the doctor ends up becoming a cenobite and all that like that i I just love the lore of all that that's a really good way to phrase it it's it i feel like maybe its emphasis on world building as opposed to mm-hmm. a traditional narrative is maybe why I prefer the first, but it's, yeah, it's hard not to admire the ambition behind and then, two. And then they throw it all away in three, but Hey, oh. you know, at least <laughs> we get the first two. Uh, three. I do. I do consider three, a fun, bad movie. It's very, oh, very totally. bad, but man, but, when, when the Cenobite starts spitting CDs at people to uh, kill them, it's hard yeah. not to be into that. Right are the twins that have the like piston between their head for some reason. <laughs> like it makes no sense, but sure. Um, yeah. Uh, so what, uh, from the eighties though, uh, Steve, what are, what are some movies like most people haven't seen that you would recommend? Wow. So I, I've been kind of on a tear this last year of just going through, especially Tubi has a really, really good selection of streaming, uh, the most obscure horror movies you can think of. So, uh, just off the top of my head, like some of the more, interesting ones like if you Mm -hmm. want something a little bit more serious and psychological uh butcher baker nightmare maker was an interesting one um also that that one's held up really well because the the social themes in it are handled maturely it's it's a lot more uh loaded with that sort of content than you would expect so not not necessarily the most fun but it does have a very fun central villain performance i think susan tyrell is the actress who's in that and you might recognize her from other b movies but just it's a it's uh one of those obsessive caretaker stories where it's like this teenage boy is is just wants to be a normal kid and you know 
date his girlfriend, whatever. And then mm-hmm. his the mother figure is, I think it's his aunt technically. And she's obsessed with him, maybe even a little bit in love with him. And she's trying mm. to uh, control him completely. And then it becomes a murderous uh, sort of thing by the end. But yeah, so that one's really, I'd say that's genuinely good and interesting. Um, then you get into the more silly stuff like uh, <laughs> sorority babes and the slime bowl, bowl, slime ball bull rama is, is a fun one. <laughs> Go on. And Shannon's back. (laughs) You have piqued my interest, sir. (laughs) By the director of A Talking Cat, uh, the famous, famously bad Eric Roberts talking cat movie from a few years ago. Uh, So that, yeah, that one, that one's silly fun. It's very consciously silly, at least. So it does, you know, it's hard not to, it's hard to consider it being too bad when it, it's in on the joke, essentially. Uh, but I I don't remember I don't recall if we spoke about this last time. But Death Spa is another uh, one that's kind of inching up on my list. I don't it, remember Death Spa, so no. Um, so uh, going back to Death Spa, what what's great about that is it's about essentially a haunted gym, a haunted eighties gym. Mm-hmm. So it, and and it's got it takes itself very seriously. So it's the complete opposite of the slime ball bullorama where it's a. Uh, yeah, just a, a very earnestly told serious story with a lot of surreal imagery. It almost feels like an Italian production. I don't think it is, but it's it's got that level of crazy, that gotcha. uh, 80s Italian energy. So, yeah, Death Spa, highly recommended if you want to watch just something insane. As far as hidden gems go, well, Justin knows. Justin knows now. Pieces. <laughs> Pieces. God, <dude>. That movie <laughs> was something. Like It is something. Like I could for the light, the entire time I was watching it, I couldn't figure out why the voices didn't match the lips, <laughs> and like, and then when I looked it up afterwards and realized that it like was dubbed over, I was like, okay, that makes sense. And then they were like, yeah, and also they didn't have the rights to like the original soundtrack, so they had to redo the soundtrack too when it came over. And I was like, that also explains why the music was kind of weird in some parts too. Like it kind of all made sense when I, I read about the uh, track history of it and stuff. I'm like, mm. okay, like that's why some of these choice, but my thing was like too, I'm like, dude, like, I, I don't know if they were trying to capitalize off like Texas chainsaw master or something. Like he uses the chainsaw like sometimes, but there's no real like sentimental value like to the chainsaw. He just kind of uses it. And it's like, how does no one hear you like revving this fucking thing up in the pool and like what school is open 20 like all the people that work and go to the school are just there at all hours of the day i <laughs> think this dude has been there since 8 a.m and he's coming out at like 10 30 at night and i'm like oh, are you getting paid off the clock like what the fuck do you live at this school and i'm like has it been a day has it been a week has it been a month like that they're solving these cases i don't know sometimes it's day sometimes it's night the the timeline of this movie makes no fun they're just like yeah, it's just I don't know. It happened. <laughs> like we're we're solving these crimes, but we don't want you. No, we don't want no cops. Don't investigate too hard. So, did you like the movie, or did you not like the movie? Just uh, it was funny. Like it was. It's not. It's not something I would recommend to someone. But it. It was. Uh, you have to. <laughs> but it was worth watching once. I, I thought it was worth watching once, at least once, because just of the sheer, like, like I said, it's ridiculous, and the ending was great. Like, I almost wish I didn't know about the, like, uh, ending going into it, because, yeah, the chick reaching up and then grabbing the pants crotch that crumbles like <laughs> cake in her hands was fucking hilarious. Like, ah! 
and then just like stops and just ends right there. I'm like, dude, what the fuck? <laughs> like, okay, sure. Well, well, see, it was a good enough movie that you did all this independent research afterwards. <laughs> no, and and I guess that does speak to the quality of the movie is that, yes, I did, after watching it, I did stay up for an additional 30, 40 minutes on the wiki <laughs> and, like, on, like, Reddit, like, looking up all this information about the movie and stuff. Because and... you could not believe what you just watched. <laughs> yeah, well, my big thing, I was looking at the budget. I'm like, dude, well, how much was this made for? And I was actually surprised. It was more expensive than I thought. Oh, I would have thought like fifty bucks. I mean, yeah, I, I honestly thought it was probably made with like ten thousand dollars, but it was actually made with more than that. All right. Well, we should we should keep pushing along because uh, I'm gonna lose Shannon here in a minute because uh, he's he looks like he's fading. Uh, so let's go to when Shannon was a teenager and might have actually seen these movies, the nineties, because. Mm-hmm. Because he didn't work at Blockbuster like I did, so he didn't have free access to all these horrible 80s movies. Um, so, I, in 90s are interesting because it turns away... This slasher is still there, but movies are getting a lot more psychological now. There's a lot more of, to Shannon's point, the thriller, suspense-type movie. And uh, I think that kind of all kicks off with, like, Misery, which huh. is arguably one of the best Stephen King uh, yeah. translations. Um but you also get movies like Candyman, which, sure, they do like the movie monster thing, but that's a way more psychological thriller movie than it is a monster movie. It's it's supernatural, but I wouldn't... Like, Steve, would you consider Candyman like a real, like, traditional monster movie? Because I don't. I Yeah, it's one of those things, the first time I saw it, I, I almost thought it was too much of a slasher flick, but every, each time I've watched it since then, I've had more appreciation for just the, the story and, yeah, the, the social elements and everything. It's... It's there's a lot more to it, a lot more depth, but yeah, at its core, I still kind of consider it a splasher flick. I, I think they kind of snuck a real deep movie into into the theater under the guise of a slasher movie. Exactly, and yeah. we should have known when when they got Philip Glass to do the score that it's not <laughs> going to be your typical horror movie. It's there's something else to it. And then, uh, but then in the middle of the '90s, like the slasher gets reborn with Scream. And you get like a whole new wave of slasher movies, each one diminishing returns. You know, oh, for the, sure. The, the I know what you did last summers, and uh, what God, what were some other ones that came? Urban Legend. There? Oh uh, God, Urban Legend. Yeah. Wasn't didn't I know what you did last summer? Wasn't that like one of them too? Yeah, yeah. So and then I still know what you did last Which, summer. Yeah, yeah. One of the biggest uh, differences of quality between a. a one of those slasher flicks in the sequel. Like I know what you did last summer is a pretty solid uh, scream alike. And then I still know what you did is just beyond terrible. Just every single cliche. It almost just killed that whole subgenre off <laughs> just as uh, it, it's so bad. I just rewatched that recently and I, I, I was astounded by how bad it was. Yeah, it's, it's impressive actually. But the one of those that I think actually totally holds up and was really good was the faculty. Yeah. <laughs> no That's way. A fun one. Oh my god, Dude, that movie. Uh I put that on a few months ago and it was the first time Megan cuz Megan doesn't watch horror movies, but she actually watched that one and I was like, "Dude, this one's pretty funny." And she's like, "What the fuck is happening in this movie?" <laughs> and I was like, "Oh man, just you wait." I'm like, "It gets better." And I, mean, I feel Oh, go ahead. Go, go ahead, ahead. Zach. Oh, no, yeah, I feel... got it. 
I feel like that one's appropriate to bring up and, and not to move away from the faculty, but I, I feel like Robert Rodriguez was very important to kind of uh, making the horror genre a little bit more hip alongside, mm-hmm. you know, Scream and all of that. So from Dusk to Dawn, a pretty fun horror movie or a fun crime movie with horror elements. Yeah. And then the faculty just taking that basic like body snatcher storyline and, and infusing it with some 90s <laughs> Uh, teenage attitude i man it it is a lot of fun i really enjoy the faculty and and ripping the blade off a paper cutter has never looked cooler (laughs) uh i will tell you um i mean in the 90s if i'm thinking Mm. about a movie that gripped everybody for a hot minute the blair witch project was yeah i was gonna bring that up too like that was like the pioneer of like found footage (laughs) like horror movies Mm mm-hmm yeah, that would like spawn like paranormal activity and all those other movies like the yeah. and that kind of situation. But yeah, I mean like I remember like when that movie came out and like people like losing their freaking minds like over that thing. Like, is it real? Is it not? Like, n- you know, the internet still wasn't like really too crazy at that point. Like, you know, people were still using AOL and dial up and making crazy noises when they were you know trying to figure out things you know online. So, you know the it, the just the sheer amount of attention that that movie got. And then they shit the bed with the Blair Witch too. Um, oh, but it's a bizarre sequel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. A but, shockingly yeah. good soundtrack though. Mm-hmm. In yeah. Blair Witch too. Book of shadows. Hey, get the, get the sequel name, right? Shannon. Jeez. Um, <laughs> what, what, what the fuck? <laughs> I couldn't tell you anything that happens. in that movie. <laughs> I just remember the soundtrack was all right. Um, at my mom's watch store. Cause for Halloween and stuff, like the one year we all dressed up as South park and stuff for, for the year that the Blair witch came out. Um, we made the little stick dudes that hang in the trees in the Blair Witch. The little, we mm-hmm. made a bunch of those and hung them around the shop and stuff. And then like did like little handprints on the wall. And then like people would come in and I was like standing in the corner just staring like at the wall and stuff. When That's people great. came in, it was fun. Yeah, the, um, the 90s is a really crazy decade to look at for horror because in my mind, a lot of the defining uh, what kind of defined it early on was uh, like Silence of the Lambs or mm-hmm. Jacob's Ladder like you said, Zach, the kind of psychological stuff. And then, yeah, mm-hmm. transitioning to self-aware to then found footage. It's just, it was a wild ride. And then in the middle of all that, you've got seven, which is like, oof, still. Seven was awesome. Like still that is hard. like a legit awesome movie. Like, yeah. um, but I mean, like there were, I mean, yeah, like in the nineties, there was like a crap ton of movies, but I wouldn't necessarily call them like, horror movies i mean like you have like this or like you have like the sixth sense like i wouldn't really Mm -hmm. call that like a horror movie but it was a good psychological thriller drama yeah yeah um but then um there was one that i watched a dude uh what was it deep rising oh yeah oh that's a fun one yeah the sea worms that would uh when the dude like when they shoot when the dude gets swallowed by the worm and then they shoot the drain and the worm falls out of the tubes underneath the boat and you watch the dissolve like I remember watching that, I was like, "Nope, never doing a cruise liner. Nope, sorry, not doing this anymore." But yeah, was, was Ghost Ship in the nineties or was that in the two thousands? Well, that was two thousands. Well, we okay. got we got both Anaconda and my personal favorite, Deep Blue Sea. Oh yeah, Deep oh, Blue Sea. Sea. <laughs> what about uh, what about Lake Placid? I do love oh, Lake Placid. That's too. a fun one. Yeah. yeah, I watched that for the first time recently, and that was a it was funnier, genuinely uh, more funny than I expected. Yeah, Betty Betty White's great in that movie. Um, and then, uh, yeah, oh man, Deep Blue Sea, so good. Um, <laughs> but but it just talking about the cruise liner made me think of the opening of Ghost Ship, 
which oh, was yes. the only good part of that movie. But <laughs> goddamn, that first yeah. 10 minutes. Holy shit. The like, rest is dreadful and boring. Uh, but yeah, that's a shocking way to start a movie. Yeah. And, and it's so like, it's kind of like a 13 ghosts. You're like, okay, this is going to be great. I was just thinking about that. And I was like, oh man, that wasn't until 2001. Yeah. But I was like, oh, man, yeah. 13 ghosts was in middle school. That was the talk on the playground. <laughs> yeah. But you had um, House on Haunted Hill was 90s. And that's kind of what mm. birthed all of that. That the, was it totally. Ghost House uh, Productions or something? Yeah. Because yeah. then they, ghosts, follow, and they followed up with the Haunting remake right oh yeah that i didn't care for that one but no, that uh, was garbage um now there was another movie that came out in 97 that got a lot of buzz that wasn't like super mainstream but like a lot of people said it was like a good horror movie and they call it, it was called the cube mm-hmm. oh cube is yeah I, yeah it's, so, it's kind of like ghost ship where it's it's got that one really notable kill which is awesome with the guy just being <laughs> uh turned into a bunch of little mini cubes of flesh <laughs> <laughs> by a laser and, and Resident Evil the movie ripped it off later but ripped man, it off or it's it's an interesting movie I kind of like cubed aside from the really really bad acting <laughs> uh but the uh House on Haunted Hill that was that was a really good movie that had some great moments like when the girl's looking through the camera and then she sees like the ghost doctors operating or whatever and she's like looking down looking up looking down looking up and then the next, one time she looks up, they're all turning and looking at her, and you're like, "Oh, okay, like that was super creepy." The problem with that movie was just the ending, where it was oh like, yeah, they you can just... tell they didn't know how to end it, so they're like, "It was just the evil." Yeah, the void is just yeah. coming and taking over everything. It's just yeah, this amorphous blob just <laughs> devouring everything. That's it's pretty like, lazy. Yeah. Did this amazing job of like world building this house, and then this is what you came up with all right sure and then in but, uh, 2000 we also got final destination oh, oh yeah that's uh one i've grown to appreciate over the years a lot more you'll you'll never drive behind a logging truck yeah yes <laughs> oh, every time every time i see a truck like that i just just yeah. slow down and let it get way ahead of me like yeah. that one scared me but the one that even scared me more was the dude at the dentist's office when the puffer fish thing from the ceiling fell on his mouth he's like choking to death i was like <laughs> oh god like that sounds like that's a even when he comes out and then gets smashed by the pane of glass oh, for me it was the uh it was the uh, the laser in the eye because i had just had a kind of botched lasik eye surgery around oh, yeah. the time that i had watched oh, that movie no. and it was like or, or it was a while before but when i watched the movie it was just giving me those traumatic flashbacks of you're like too soon man too soon yeah yeah <laughs> that eye no, the, trauma the best part of that movie for me though was when they're arguing on the street and the bus hits the girl because <laughs> yes. it just comes out of nowhere <laughs> it's so unexpected you expect something elaborate and it's just nope just bus splats. <laughs> yeah. well yeah that's what i love about the ending of the first one is when they're sitting there trying to figure out who's next and the guy's like who's next and you see the sign swinging behind them about to hit <laughs> yeah. him and it just ends <laughs> it's so good okay okay i have to bring this up uh, i'm sorry to go back to 80s but i mm-hmm. just watched soul survivor which is just like final destination except for the elaborate death scenes but it's like the same plot where it's a woman who's on a on a plane she's the only survivor and it's like death is trying to to make up for the mistake by sending uh the bodies of the recently deceased after her so it's got a little bit of it follows as well but yeah that that's one that's on tubi if uh if you're curious it's nowhere near as as fun to watch as uh final destination but just kind of an interesting curiosity to to kind of see where some of the modern ones came from yeah absolutely 
And then, uh, but yeah, like, like I think it's the more we talk about it, the more I've kind of come to the kind of the same conclusion. Like, yeah, man, the nineties was just weird when it came to horror, like things oh, were all yeah. over the map. And then on top of uh, what we've already discussed, it was kind of the uh, popularization of directive video. So you had mm-hmm. these weird ass movies, like the prophecy with Christopher Walken. That's a bunch of sequels. Love that movie. I love that movie so much. <laughs> I, I have not seen it uh, since I was a teen, but yeah, it was, um, they made a lot of those, didn't they? At least, Oh, I think they made like three and like Danzig was in one of them or something. It was awful, but yeah. Um, So strange. But yeah, Aragorn, man, he's like a priest (laughs) or something in that movie. Or or he's in the, oh, he's he's Satan. He's Satan in that movie. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So it's weird to see Viggo Mortensen pre Lord of the Rings. Yeah, totally. Uh, But the, uh, yeah. Oh, and then the other thing about the 90s is we started to get the influx of like Japanese horror. Too. Yeah, yep. Because isn't that like the audition was in that time? And yeah, audition uh, was late 90s. Ringu, I think. Well, yeah. Ringu might have been 2000s, but um, one that I really like in that uh genre is Cure by Kiyoshi Kurosawa. It's um, hmm. kind of a serial killer movie, but it's 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 really deep, really serious, but it's it's it really gets under your skin. It's about like a, a serial killer who hypnotizes his victims and. Oh. So it gets into this really existential um, sort of subtext. It's yeah, I, I don't want to spoil anything, but if you ever get the chance to watch Cure from 1997, that's highly recommended. And then, uh, man, talk about a movie that gets under your skin. You ever see The Vanishing? Yeah, yeah. Oof. Oh, well, Oof. Yeah, don't. If you haven't seen it, I won't spoil it for you, but uh, the ending on that one sticks with you it's, for a while. It may be the biggest gut punch I've ever had watching a movie. I just I felt sick to my stomach for days after that. It's it's a rough one. Yeah, don't watch the American remake though. If, <laughs> yeah, if you can avoid it, don't don't do that one. But uh, yeah, it, oof, that movie. Goddamn. Yeah. Um, it's on the list of movies. Like when people ask for recommendations, I don't do because like there's a few of them. Like what was it Megan is missing? Mm. Uh, Serbian film. Uh, there's stuff. Don't watch Martyrs. it. Yeah, yeah, it's like, don't, don't, uh, and, and if you're listening to this, don't even look them up. Like, just trust me. Just stay away from. Them. Yeah, the the thing with the vanishing though is it it's such a genuinely good, well made movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like you said, so many caveats for recommendation. Like, I I usually reserve that one for when people ask, like, what is the legitimate scariest movie you've ever seen, and that's way up there for me. It's yeah. if yeah, it's it will haunt you for a very long time. It, yeah, it totally is that like psychological messing with you movie, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. Um Okay, that was a that was an awesome discussion, guys. Yeah. Even and I'm sorry oh, sorry Shannon couldn't really <laughs> join us in it, but you know. I think I held my own. I think yeah. uh you know, I had some I had some good uh I had some input in there. Yeah. Event Horizon was a great poll. I yeah. like that. Yeah. I would love I mean, a sequel to that, actually, but <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if my soul could handle a single, <laughs> especially with the climate today. Like, you know, the, I mean, that that 90s time frame was just kind of like they were like, yeah, you know, 80s kind of went crazy with like the violence and the hyper violent. Like we're going to 
pull it back a little bit in the 90s and we're going to do some violence but we're not going to make it like super violent mm-hmm. uh and then like and then the 2000s they were like fuck this gloves are off like we're just going to do like whatever yeah. we feel is right and if people want to watch it great if they don't want to watch it they don't have to see it Woodstock 99 happened and they're like you know what we're making <laughs> saw now this is yeah. what's happening what was the one that that kind of looked vaguely like event horizon but ended up being something kind of different was that pandorum um, no uh, uh i know which one you're talking sun something um sunshine was it one james spade no yeah sun, sunshine was 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 similar in some respects but yeah it's more of a an artsy drama yeah. though but yeah. yeah pandorum i think is the one i'm thinking of where at least initially it looked like in terms of art direction like event horizon then just kind mm. of ended up being a stupid space zombie movie gotcha it didn't did you have... oh, oh go ahead no 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 go ahead Oh, it was just going to jump into my head because I was thinking about space horror. Um, did you guys watch Life, I think is what it was, with Jake Jake Gyllenhaal and Ryan Reynolds and somebody else? Oh, like the, was that like the, the Venom symbiote movie? Yes. Yeah, yes. That, yeah. I heard that shit is crazy. And like, you know, there's a part of me that doesn't want to watch it because I, you know, I'm a sissy like that, but... I think I the weirdest thing about that movie is that, yeah, that people thought it was going to be a Venom movie and then ended up not being one, but then the director went on to do Morbius, so it's just really weird. <laughs> well, hey, you know. hey, Justin, it's Morbin time. It's <gasps> Morbin time. <laughs> I still need to finish Morbius, speaking of horror movies. <laughs> I don't know if you do need to finish that one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> neither do I, quite frankly. <laughs> I, I got about uh, 15 minutes into it and was like, no, no, I'm yeah. good maybe about half an hour for me and noped out. Yeah. Yeah. That was, that was a similar reaction I had to the monsters, the, the Rob zombie <laughs> monsters. I, I couldn't, I couldn't hang. Like, oh. so, so if you had to choose one to watch, which one would it be? The monsters or Morbius? I'd probably pick Morbius. <laughs> oh, I, I, I think I'm one of the only people on the planet who kind of liked the monsters, but it's not a good movie. It's, it's hardly no. a movie. Um, but I, I was kind of laughing along with it. I'll, I'll admit it's just, it looks like it, it was made for $5 and uh, yeah, it's just not, not good at all, but I, I had some fun with it. it. It's heart was in the right place. It just, uh, the budget wasn't, I, I, I just, I couldn't get past why it looks like that. Like, why does it look, it looks like a shitty eighties porno movie. And I'm when like, you- why? Like, and when you get to the ending, it, it they redo the original sequence. They kind of remake it in black and white, and it mm-hmm. looks great. And it's like, why didn't they film the whole movie in black and totally. white? It would have looked awesome. Like, I don't they understand. Do, do the werewolf by night thing where they just yeah, do the whole thing yeah. in black and white? Yeah, that would have exactly. actually. You're right. That would have been a lot better. Um, well, should we talk some some horror games? Because there's some in the news, gentlemen, and I know Justin was very excited when uh, they said this Wednesday we are going to get news on a new Silent Hill. I know. And, I, I've been waiting so long. Yeah, I, I was about to say, it's an audio format, Justin. We can't no, I know. I know. <laughs> I was waiting for you to be done talking, Zach. Like, I've... <laughs> There, there was a long pause in there, sir. Like, I, I swear to God, if you do not put in some type of, like, Jeopardy theme song like you did when I did my long pause... <laughs> no shannon i'm not you know because i can edit there will be no pause when i did it and you're just gonna look like a jerk calling me out for no reason but no i was super excited when they said it's gonna be on tuesday i believe at like 
five or something in the afternoon is when the Silent Hill event or whatever is going on that they're going to announce details of the new game. I mean, Downpour, I, I don't count the whatever book of which was technically the last game that came out that was for the Vita. Oh, the Vita game. Yeah. yeah, I didn't own a Vita, so I don't count that one. So Downpour is technically the last one that came out, and that came out in like 2012. Oh, wow. I think okay. it's 12. Yeah, it's been 10 years. It's literally been 10 years since the last Silent Hill game, so I'm incredibly excited. And then they tried to do the HD remakes, and they had so many issues that they could not patch enough. And they were like, yeah, we're basically never doing this again. And we're just leaving it as it is, guys. We can't fix it. The, the, the sign for Silent Hill being in Comic Sans is still the funny, one of the funniest things I've ever seen. We're just <laughs> no thought behind it. Just uh, it's a horrible, horrible remaster. But yeah, the, the, I, I kind of wish there weren't so many or hadn't been so many leaks for this upcoming Silent Hill game, that's the only thing that's kind of putting a damper on my excitement. So I don't think it feels like I was oh, like, I don't know. I just I don't think I've seen anything for it. Oh, I, I won't say then. That's a, yeah, I'm 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 pretty I'm pretty stoked for it. Like it's it's you know there's been so many good pieces of different like even Homecoming had some decent yeah. like ideas in it. If they just weren't executed very well. But I, I'm I'm hopeful that they can kind of pull it off and and give the give the franchise a good breath a fresh breath of air you know like yeah. it, it it needs it. I feel like they just keep trying to do Silent Hill two over and over again with the more recent mm-hmm. ones, which uh, just makes me appreciate uh, Shattered Memories more for being a remake that dares to do something completely different, whereas the other ones are sequels that all just try to be Silent Hill two. Uh, yeah, I. I, I think we need to get away from the protagonist personal hell storyline that's been yeah. done to death in horror in general. Uh, but something tells me it's going to be that story for the upcoming game. Yeah. I mean, and unfortunately for better or for worse, it's kind of what silent Hill is like all of them have kind of had that. Yeah. Know, that, that's been the skeleton of all that they're all built around. Yeah. Yeah. The, I, oh, I was, I was just gonna say they really need to do the like resident evil seven treatment for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah agreed switch to first person okay yeah <laughs> done hey P- pt yeah uh, the, it was the last true. unofficial silent hey. hill related product it worked for the room Good. <laughs> um but the you know i i'm i'm I, it's funny because as excited as i am for them to come up with like a new silent hill i'm so wary of it it's the whole like mm-hmm. you know electric cupcake from the simpsons where it's like i'm gonna get shocked every time i touch it you know like I, I'm, I'm just scared to uh to believe again in that it's so. it's a tricky franchise to revive and, and how do you handle combat in my mind combat's always been the weakest part of silent mm-hmm. hill but then uh in a game like shattered memories the the kind of lack of combat i think took away from a lot of the the tension and scariness of it even though i i adore that game I think it's one of the least scary Silent Hill games, if that makes any sense. It's just... Yeah, it does. It does. Cause, but I think they also really threw their weight behind the narrative of yes. that game. And that and... works perfectly in that regard, yeah. But it seems like they could find a balance between the two. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Homecoming was definitely too much combat, and yeah. the durable weapons and origins and um, downpour drove me crazy. So, yeah, that's that's what I'm most curious about, is what's the combat going to be like? 
I yeah, Home, Homecoming was the Dead Space 3 of the Silent Hill franchise, for <laughs> sure. <laughs> oh, I, I always think back to, I, I think that came out the same week as the original Dead Space, and I, I kind of ignored the Dead Space hype, and I'm like, well, mm-hmm. I'm a Silent Hill fan, I'm going to buy Silent Hill instead, and just, you know... I, I, I like Homecoming more than a lot of Silent Hill fans, but I definitely had one of those Arrested yeah. Development, like, I've made a terrible mistake <laughs> reactions <laughs> after a few sure. days. Ugh. Yeah, the, uh, 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 what was I going to say? Damn it, something. Oh, the, as far as, as far as the comp, like, that's the thing is Silent Hill's combat has never been its strong suit, mm-hmm. you know? And so for a franchise to kind of lean into the combat was seemed like such a weird choice at the time. And... I don't know. Like, if anything, I I hope they go more the shattered memories route than than a combat based game. Yeah, yeah, because you can make the argument with like uh, one, two, and three, or or the room where the the clunkiness of the combat you can kind of tie into mm. the fact that it's just you're just Joe Schmo who doesn't know how to wield a weapon or anything. Um, and then Homecoming, they made the decision to make it a, an army veteran, and so therefore yeah. he's very skilled at weaponry and. The combat is a more of a about dodging and everything encountering and i it was just too frustrating i think too combat focused and the other thing that it's it's interesting to see them kind of wade into is the fan base for silent hill mm-hmm. i kind of feel like there's nothing they can put out there that will be like you know welcomed at this yeah, point yeah. i mean there was and it was called pt and then they took <laughs> it away from us I was going to say, you, you bring up a good point. Like, if, I wonder if they are going to kind of take some lessons from Resident Evil 7 and really change the look entirely and, like, the, the engine and everything just because I think that's the one way you can put a game out there that gets a fair shake because it's not going to be instantly compared to everything else. And ignoring any of the rumors and the leaks, uh, PT has inspired, you know, its own kind of subgenre of horror uh, with all the stuff like layers of fear and and things along those lines, that's yeah. uh, and it's very uh, kind of uh, efficiently budgeted type of game too, because you don't necessarily need the combat in there. I I have a feeling they'll try to work that into Silent Hill since it's almost always been a part of Silent Hill aside from Shattered Memories. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, it's I really want to see what a new Silent Hill that's potentially inspired by PT could be. It's, it's it well we'll find out in a few short days <laughs> and then the next day we're getting capcom showing resident evil so yes. we're gonna get we're gonna get the latest uh on the village upgrades that we're getting and uh the you know expansions to the village verse and then uh supposedly the first gameplay of resident evil 4 the remake which I mean, if you would have told me five years ago that this is something I was super looking forward to, I would have been like, okay, the eighth remake of Resident Evil 4? No, I'm good. <laughs> but, but after seeing what they did with RE2 and RE3, like, I'm I'm yeah. on board, man. Those, those remakes, I mean, people had their issues with RE3, but I think that was more just based on the original game and the original length of that game overall versus the overall quality of that remake. But yeah. I thought the remakes of two and three were fantastic. So yeah, yeah, agreed. Uh, three, three is a very solid game at its core. It's, it just feels a mm. bit uh, too streamlined and rushed. I, I almost yeah. feel like it's just glorified DLC for two. But mm-hmm. you know, more two. There's nothing wrong with that in my mind. Yeah, and also Nemesis, the new Nemesis pales in comparison to Mister X, and that's oh, for maybe sure. my biggest complaint. But otherwise, yeah, just a solid, uh, fun time. Well, and the and the gimmick of Nemesis is is spoiled 
by mm-hmm. by having the, an, an original game. Because when that first RE3 came out, that thing scared the hell out of me. <laughs> Just being yep. able, like, oh wait, I left the room and it's still following me. Oh crap! <laughs> it doesn't. The room doesn't reset like it did in RE2. Oh no. Um, yeah. So that was that. I'm I'm curious as hell to see what they're gonna do with RE4 because RE4 is and and, and I, no one loves the game more than than Steve. People should know, but uh, RE4 is so damn campy in so many ways, yes. and, and and I would have it no other way. But yeah, the, the the different tone from the the shots that we've seen of this remake, it looks more horror focused. Which you know there there's room for that. Like I, I do mm-hmm. like the stupid action one liners that Leon delivers in in four. Yeah some of my favorite stupid dialogue in any game but yeah there, there there's room for a serious take on re4 absolutely uh shannon have you ever played resident evil 4 like in any no. iteration <laughs> no it's actually not that scary at all like <laughs> in reality like it's not really a it's nowhere near like an re2 or 3 yeah it's, it's more of an action game yeah and i mean there's some things with like the regenerators that are creepy and stuff like that but it's way more of a of a walk and shoot game than anything else and uh and the character you have to just get to the character of salazar because that guy's hilarious <laughs> like he's like this three foot tall spanish dude that like talks shit to you the whole time and it's great like it's so good but cool. uh i mean i'll give it yeah. a try yeah i'm i'm excited to see what they have for that and one. there's just so many ways to experience the original now like right now i'm playing uh the pc version the steam version with uh the fan-made hd patch applied so they, oh, they went cool. out and and fixed all those ugly muddy textures in it so now if if there's a painting in the castle for example you can look at it and it's in just pristine detail it looks amazing it's it's not, um, it's not just a wall of jags like the yeah, first, yeah 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 i feel like they, they they just applied an auto upscaler to that for the for capcom's official hd release and hmm. and called it a day but the, yeah the, the fan-made patch if you look it up it, it's well worth playing that way i might have to do that yeah because like when they released the uh dead space trailer for the remake it got me playing dead space again Mm -hmm. so now now i'm i'm expecting this to have similar results where i'm going to be like you know i should play resident evil 4 again um uh, one last thing on resident evil 4 just just really quickly like uh, my favorite thing about it is that the the ports that you expect to be lazy and bad are kind of the most fun way to play the game like the wii port uh was my favorite version of the game for a long time that's a great version it's It's so so good good. yeah it's the the motion controls are so much fun with it and then more recently the the quest vr version of re4 is amazingly fun and yeah you can play it in kind of like a realistic manner where you have to reach behind your back to pull the shotgun or, or reach down to your leg to grab the knife it's just it's a really cool experience now that's how shannon should play it Put it on yes. the quest. <laughs> I see. I see that quest box sitting open behind you. Come on, throw it mm-hmm. on there. Let's do this. Um, well, I, it's time to bring Shannon back in into the fold because we need to talk about what we've been playing. And Shannon, I have to hear about Scorn because I was gonna play it, but the amount of shit you and Justin were talking scared <laughs> me away from it. So now I just gotta hear. But both of you, it's it's your time to shine. Let's let's hear. Okay, look, like, so Justin got farther than I did in the game, so I think I'll start, and then Justin, you can just, you can, you can close it out. Yeah, I'll, I'll so finish excited, strong. Steve. They're so excited. And so, so, okay, so I started, I downloaded the game, I was excited to, to try it out, turned it on, started playing the game, 
the intro's cool. Like, you know, graphics are cool. Like, in the beginning, I was like, okay, like, this looks good. This has potential. And then you get into the fucking castle, room, whatever, like, the first place. And, like, there is no direction, no tutorial, no nothing about what is going on in this place, what you're supposed to do, where you're supposed to go. Like, you just hit random... Like, I, I was playing with my Elite controller on the computer, on and, um, like, fuck, nothing. Like, there was just nothing to, to that, that gave me direction. So I'm like, okay, I'm walking around the room. You know, you figure you would have, like, one spot that would actually just kind of, like, fill you in on what you have to do initially to get into this game, to get you invested... Fuck off. No, no, like go over here, like walk around. Look at this stupid little thing, this machine over here. You pull a lever, you stick your hand in this thing. Ooh, it's creepy. It's got like, you know, you stick your fingers in these holes that like have like weird like finger hole things. And like you slide the thing down and the arm moves around and then it comes down and doesn't work and then goes back up and like goes away. And you're like, okay, machine's busted. Looking around the room, I can kind of see some ideas of what they want you to do with this machine no freaking clue how to do any of the things that they want me to do in the rest of the room uh, or what I'm supposed to be looking for. Going to the next room, there's another machine, another claw thing. There's some eggs on the floor. There's a little basket over here. There's a little thingy over here. Like, I don't know, like, look over at some stuff. Like, look at this arm. Look at this other thing here. That's creepy. Cool. All right. Like, nothing. Like, I got nothing. Like, you know, I'm still futzing around with things, pulling levers, watching stuff go. Like, at some point, like luck's got to like factor in that, like maybe I'll get a maybe I'll get a shot on goal here, and something will click, and I'll be able to figure out what's going on. Also, movement slow as hell in the game. Right, like, dude's like walking at like a snail's pace. Like I get it, you're emaciated, but okay, cool. Like, but make the walking a little faster because this room's big and there's a lot to cover, and I'm not gonna sit around for much longer at this point. So. I hit the pause button to go look at the controls and I was immediately enraged because like there is a like you look at the layout for the controller and like on the top left button it says run cool I can move faster the rest of it is all combat related I've been playing this game for 45 minutes I haven't shot a damn thing oh my god okay so Let's continue on anyway. So now like I'm running around the room, which is a little bit better. The movement speed has increased a little bit, but not enough to where you're like, feel like you're sprinting, right? You're kind of at a light jog. So like you're going around the room. <clears throat> I find like this key thing that goes on your arm, kind of looks like a, like a little, like, you know, in Robocop when like the little thing comes out of his hand, like a little like spear thing that goes in this stuff, like cool mm -hmm. like that's cool okay so I'm, I'm making some progress going a little further along like now i get to like a door and i stick my little thingy in there and i stick my hands in this thing and i move it around and like the door moves and then closes and i was like okay is this like a mist game where like i have to like basically if this is missed i'm gonna like throw my computer out the window right now because like i need to know like i need, what is this game Dude, it sounds like the game's just messing with you at this point. Dude, it's giving you the hard D. It's like, dude, if you're, buy me dinner if you're going to fuck me this hard. I mean, Jesus <laughs> Christ. So, you know, I'm just like, dude, okay, uh, I, I, I got to walk. If I have to find a walkthrough to get through the first 45 minutes of this game, I do not want to play the rest of your game. Like, I don't even know what this is yet. 
like i know there's combat so like i put it down i walked away i like you know said my piece to you guys in the group chat and then justin was like oh i've been playing too justin how has your experience been because i'm fucking done so there's a lot of similarities between your experience (laughs) and my experience so right off the bat visually it's gorgeous like it's very pretty like i like the environment and stuff is really cool like it's interesting to look at like you know you walk in making little squishy noises everywhere and stuff like i don't blame shannon for taking 45 minutes to find the little thing on the wall that you have to stick your hand in um Mm -hmm. i found it like pretty quickly but the the problem is you also you have to return back to it later on like there's no map there's no obviously no anything like that it blends into like it's blended into the wall like it doesn't stand out like yeah sure it looks like a donkey dick like hanging off the wall but when everything looks like donkey dicks like on the wall it's like you know it's hard to find and it's like when you get up on stuff eventually it gets like a white outline around it that you can interact with it but a lot of stuff doesn't immediately jet out as like something you can interact with until you're like right up on it and when everything's dark and looks like freddy krueger's skin like everywhere you know it's it doesn't stand out so it's easy to miss so like shannon said you start the game yeah you stick your hand in the thing and then you get the little contraption on your hand so then now you can stick your fingers in little finger sockets and you try to open the door and it like jam like kind of opens but you kind of slip through and then you get in but then it's kind of locked now and you're in this room and there's all these like tracks on the ground and you're like okay like you go up this little spire thing and you can like manipulate the tracks to go different ways or better so like obviously i'm going to be doing something because there's like a little cart down there too like i'm going to be doing something with this but you don't really know what and shannon's right there's no direction so it is kind of just like you have to figure it out i eventually came upon this puzzle that was like all these like almost like alien like prometheus style looking like eggs on a wall and you have to do, like, this crane thing to, like, manipulate these, like, egg things. And you're trying to get the claw thing to put the egg in this little basket thing or whatever to get it to go. So my initial thing was all the eggs. It was almost like one of those puzzles where there's little blocks and you have to shift the blocks around, you know, to then get the one piece out or do whatever. That's what it seemed mm-hmm. like. So I thought, okay, maybe I need to position all the eggs to make, like, a giant grid or, like, do whatever to, like, pop the one egg out or, you know, do whatever. So I'm sitting there and I'm futzing with it and I position everything and I try to get this like grab one of the eggs or whatever and it like does nothing. And so (laughs) I'm like sitting there like messing around with it and I'm like, what am I doing wrong? Like I don't understand like what I'm supposed to do and what I'm doing wrong. And come to find out there's the eggs that you can't grab or do anything with. But there's two eggs that you can do something with, but the visual difference between the two that you can do something with and the rest of them that you can't do anything with is like there is like a slight like shimmer from like the lighting or something that's like on these things. Like they look a little different than the rest of the eggs, but they don't really stand out like that different. And when I realized that, oh, that's what I have to do is get these two eggs or whatever into this position to grab. I had already like fucked the entire puzzle up because I was doing something completely. I wasn't trying to do that. So I was maneuvered them like all around, like in the wrong direction, whatever. So I was like, Oh, okay. Well now I know what I need to do. 
I'm just going to restart the puzzle and everything will be great. You can't restart the puzzle. Like, once you do it, it's done. Like, whether you go out of the puzzle, the shit that you did is going to be the same once you go back in. And there's no, like, in uh, Murder by Numbers or any other fucking puzzle game, there's always a button that you press that just resets the puzzle back to the starting state. For a puzzle game, why isn't that an option? Like... Why now I have to live with my mistake of fucking everything up and then now do twice the work to undo all the wrong shit that I did and then do the correct solution to get these eggs out. So I finally get the egg out and fucking little Goober McDuber is like coming out of the egg with little arms and legs flying over and he finally comes down a little conveyor belt and you like plop him into the cart. And then press the little the little thing that Shannon's like, oh, this doesn't do anything. Yeah, well, once little Uber McGoober's in the cart, this thing, like, plops, like, a little weird, like, helmet thing on him. And then you're, like, wheeling him around. And you have to take him to this, like, station where it, like, scoops him out and throws him in the trash. And I was like, okay, well, now what do I do? And I was like, well, maybe I have to go down since that's where he went. I, I don't know. So I walked around, and it took me a minute to realize, okay, well, I need to go back to where I just scooped Uber McGoober out. His arm is still hanging there. I need to take his hand, go back to the donkey penis on the wall, stick his arm in it so that now we both have little hand jiggers, and then use his hand to open, partly open the door so that I can go to these controls now and then open the door the rest of the way using my hands and get the door Fuck open. Yes, game. Yes. Fuck this so game. Fuck this game. So I get the door open. I go Jeez. out, and I'm like, I get to where there's, like, a gun. I finally get the gun. Shannon was like, oh, I ha- haven't shot anything, haven't done anything. I finally get the gun. This gun doesn't actually shoot. It projects, like, an alien tongue thing, just, like, snake bites, like, tss, tss, out at you. <laughs> and so you have to get up on the enemies to hit them with it. And I I get up on the enemy, and you die in three hits. I'm like, thanks, Moonscars. Like, yeah, you die in three fucking hits. Everything autosaves. There's no manual saving. And normally when a game autosaves, there's usually a little icon in the bottom right corner. It's like, hey, dickhole, like, you know, it's autosaving. There's no indication of that. So there's nothing that tells me when anything autosaves. So when I died, I figured, oh, well, getting the gun's obviously a pretty big achievement, you would think. It probably auto-saved when I got the gun. No, it drops my happy ass four minutes prior to me getting the gun. And I'm like, why was that important? Like, why didn't it auto-save then? So that was part of my problem is, and then I, I played more and I went to bed. And I'm like, you know, I kind of want to play more. But when I boot up the game, where am I going to be? I have no fucking <laughs> idea where it saved. Am I going to be like in this new area that I just got to? Am I going to be five minutes ago, like before I went to bed? I don't know. There's no way for me to fucking know that. And I'm like, it's hey, 2022. Hey, Steve. Steve. Yes. So they just talked for like 15 minutes. <laughs> Do you have any idea what the fuck this game is? Uh, in my mind, they were just describing uh, David Cronenberg's wet dreams. That's what it sounded yeah. like to me. Just a yeah. lot of inserting things and, and yeah, orifices and. Eager esque. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And that's yeah, the thing. They're... I was. Yeah, there's a lot of wet mouth noises. In the game. <laughs> so, the one thing that, I, and I thank you both for going into <laughs> such detail on this game. Uh, the one thing neither of you touched on, though, is is there any kind of plot? Is there a story in any way? 
I don't even I I'm so mad at this game. I cannot form a thought right now. Like I'm just so mad. So visually, like they don't there's no words, but at the okay. very beginning of the game when it starts, you have almost like flashes of kinda I guess like how you ended up here. Like you were crawling through the desert and then like some shit collapsed and you kinda fell down into these like what seem like ruins or like wherever mm-hmm. you are. And then, like, the area I'm in now is kind of like a desert, but everything's kind of purplish. And so I'm like, I don't know. Like, is this a dream sequence? Am I still, like, in the same? I I don't know, (laughs) like, to be real honest. But you're just, like, some half-dead kind of dude that's, like, going around these, like, old ruins. Fascinating. Yeah, I I was excited for that game when they initially unveiled it because I I really like H.R. Geeker's art and yeah, it, it sounds like, though, that's really all they had. It's like, oops, all art direction and nothing else. Uh, that's a shame. Yeah, I mean, I'll tell you, like, they have something with, like, how organic the things feel as far as, like, how you integrate with them. Like, you go up to the top of the spire, and there's this moment, um, like, that Justin was talking about where, like, you're adjusting the tracks, and you're trying to get this roller coaster to, like, do its thing or, like, get this track built. And, like, you go up to the top, and there's this green orb... And, like, you pull, like, this joystick thing, and the orb comes up, and then just, like, goes, like, right into your face, and then, like, you basically get, like, a bird's eye view of, like, this this room. And I thought it was pretty cool, because, like, as much as, like, everything is gross and slimy, when this thing's coming towards you, you're like, oh, no, 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 I don't want to be in that. And then, like, it hits your face, and then you're just, like, you're you're in this overview. And I thought that was pretty pretty cool, like, you know for a more kind of like a more biological way to to get like an overmap like in your system but like by that point i was so pissed about how everything else was going in the game that i didn't give a fuck about that like i didn't i didn't give i'm sorry i'm swearing a lot i'm very mad at this game for wasting my time um but yeah it's just it's it's just the you know, I wanted this game to be something fun. And like, if it was going to be missed, like, or if it's going to be a strat, like one of those thinking games, make it that. But if you're going to make something, a shooting game, like you best come with some shooting, like within like the first like hour of the game, like somewhere, like, you know, make it a lot more easier. Like what Justin was describing how to get into that room to get the gun or like to to move on in the game hurts my every crevice of my brain like just i don't want to do that that sounds like a headache that sounds like a miserable gaming experience for me yeah that's about in line with uh when i searched reviews briefly earlier and and the first headline that pops up i forget which outlet it's like a scorn review everything hurts and i'm dying it's like well (laughs) well yeah and that's been like i'm not unlike shannon i'm not completely turned off i do want to play it a little bit more like from what i read it's only like a five six hour game like it's very short and but that is my biggest frustration is you move so fucking slow even holding the run button you still move so slow and it's like i don't know why especially coming off of proteus where it's like doom and you're moving very quickly and it's like this is just like dude i feel like i'm just dra- i'm like walking on my knees and <laughs> it's so it's just unbearable but the other big complaint i've seen is like the auto saving like there's been people who have said that like bro i'm on like 10% health in this area there's an enemy here 
I died, it respawns me back to this part, but I still have 10% health. And it's like, I have to get around this enemy. I'm going to die. Like, I have no way to progress past this because I don't have health and I can't get past this thing. My only option is to just restart, like, this chapter or whatever from the beginning and hope I have more health when I get to this point again because I just keep dying here and keep respawning with no health in the same spot and I just can't get past it. That sounds miserable. Well, I think we should end our misery. We've talked about this game enough, I think. Um <laughs> I, I, I hate to cut what we've been playing short, but we've been talking for a while, and I think we're going to hear sirens. <gasps> so, should we should we move into some spoiler zone, gentlemen? Mm-hmm. We, uh, the air raid sirens are going, and it's time to talk some spoilers. I wanted to talk about this last week, but I'm happy we saved it because I was waiting for Steve to join us. At, that new Hellraiser kind of rips. Like it? It's pretty damn good. Like, and I went into it expecting the worst. So, uh, Steve, what are your thoughts? Uh, so, I, I was really impressed by the production. Uh, the production values are all great. In particular, the art direction. I think they they managed to incorporate some of the the elements that we mentioned earlier about Hellraiser two, and it's kind mm-hmm. of a surreal sort of uh, Escher, I guess, inspired. Uh, art design that that was really cool it's a very dark movie i was talking about that with somebody else and it's maybe a little too dark visually but but i obviously fits the tone of the film um i i was impressed by the the quality of the movie but i have some complaints about them scaling back some of the uh let's just say like erotic content there's not like there's such a kind of snm uh theme to the original story and the and the older movies and it feels like they just kind of put that to the side for this um so that that was my main takeaway was the that it was just kind of more of a straight horror movie and and in that regard i was a little bit disappointed but it's it's a solid start for reviving the franchise i'll say that much yeah i i I agree like it it very much is obvious that uh barker is not involved with this one as much, you know, like was, if you know anything about Clyde Barker, he's very much Mr. S&M dude. So, uh, um, yeah, there's always that dangerous element to, to Barker's, uh, horror. Well, where he's not afraid to introduce sex into it in, in a way that's interesting and organic to the plot and everything. And uh, yeah, I, I just feel like that was sorely missing, but that being said, uh, for, for a street to streaming, Hellraiser revival. I, I was for the most part uh, happy and content with it. So I, I'm a big fan of that director. He did the Night House and the Ritual before this. I feel mm. like those are better horror movies. But uh, yeah, Hellraiser did what it needed to do. It was it was gory. It had good effects. The CG resembled practical effects. I think in a really effective way. Uh, the Cenobites all looked really cool. Especially the new Pinhead is, is fantastic. Uh, or the priest, I think, is what they're referring to mm-hmm. that character as now. But yeah, it's um, all all of the they 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 nailed so many of the elements of it. It was just yeah, missing a little bit of something for me. I I did like the uh, the lament configuration being like multiple things mm-hmm. in this in this movie versus just like the one thing you solve. And it was like, no, you can solve it in a bunch of ways, and each thing brings on its own little special thing. Uh, so I thought that was really clever. Um, I did like how 
you know, the with the open the the movie opening with the guy tricking the other dude into doing the box to to get the prize, and it's like, oh, here's your prize. You get to live in unbearable agony for the rest of your life. <laughs> yeah, that was very that was a very good Hellraiser thing. Um, but uh, yeah, Justin, what what were your thoughts? You know, I really like I liked the like you said the new forms of the puzzle cube. I liked um a lot of the effects and stuff of like when like the wall would like open up or like the mm-hmm. ground would open up and stuff and you'd kind of see like into their world and stuff was really mm-hmm. cool um i really dug the like the lore like they went into a lot more i feel like especially after rewatching like one right before going into this one stuff i really appreciated like a lot more like the lore like the books and stuff that they had of like the research on like the cinnabites the fact that they have like a god like that third act went places like the first two acts of the movie were good but then like once like the final configuration and then like the giant like thing comes down from the sky and stuff and like the blood's like going up like through the ceiling and stuff like and the dude comes out and he has the uh the that giant like saw contraption like in his chest and stuff <laughs> i was like holy shit like that like that got yeah. like wild really quick <laughs> Yeah, they, they really leaned into the Hellraiser 2 references in that, and I, it did like that aspect of it. It felt like, uh, it felt weirdly like they were trying to not make it feel like a Hellraiser movie for the first two-thirds of it, and then once that musical theme kicks in, the recognizable music from Hellraiser, then they just went full-on references to Hellraiser 1 and 2, and that's when I got a little bit more invested. Mm-hmm. But uh, to Justin's point, I, and like I was saying earlier, I... I really love the lore of this world and, and just, so yeah, giving, even cracking that door open a little bit was exciting to me. Like I'm, I'm, you know, with the ending being that, uh, we're seeing the creation of another Cenobite as his reward type thing. And yeah, that reward comes in the form of a huge hook going through his chest. It's like, <laughs> yeah, all right, I'm on board. Let's yeah. do it. Let's, I like let's the, see the, the sequel. They're like, we can't take back your reward, but you can exchange it. And then the thing comes yeah. off and he's like, oh, finally. And it's like, Shunk! and then it like goes right to the yeah. ceiling. It's like, oh, I finally released from that horrible device. Shunk! <laughs> You're done. <laughs> like, yeah, no, it was great. Um, but yeah, I thought I was shocked. Like very solid, and and like I said, I went into it with very low expectation. Because I mean, if anyone knows, Steve knows the the Hellraiser sequels towards the end were oh, just the worst, like just the worst things. Become unwatchably bad, yeah. After yeah. five or so, oh, yeah. So uh, let's let's hear about the other movie. I'm guessing you and Justin have seen, which is Halloween Ends. Because I've been out, I've been out on this new trilogy. I've heard the first one is good. I just can't bring myself to care about the Halloween movies anymore. Dude, the first one's fantastic. Yes, I love the first one. Like beginning to end, Chef's Kiss, it's great. The second one, I thought started out really strong, and then man, dude, they just lost it. Like after the beginning, like I did not like because the whole second one is about like basically like the town going on like a witch hunt and they're like he's michael myers and i'm like dude you guys should know who michael like motherfucker's seven feet tall like and has been like in the psychiatric ward like i guarantee you his face has been on the news like and the fact that they're like no this guy's my like you should know what he looks like like this dude who's five foot four and obviously (laughs) mentally handicapped is not michael myers like i don't know what you think is going on and so i did not like that aspect of the second one that a group of like eight people thought that with like 
some construction beams or whatever that they could beat the crap out of Michael. I'm like, dude, come on, man. As they jump into his knife, like it's so ridiculous. That whole sequence, he just takes (laughs) out like 10 people who don't fight him all at once. They just take turns jumping into the knife. It's, oh yeah, yeah, that movie's infuriating. Yeah. So the second one. So then with the third one, I was like, please just end on a high note. And I'm going to be honest, I thought the opening for this one was probably, like, one of the best opening scenes for Halloween. So it opens up, it's Halloween night, and this dude, typical Halloween stuff, dude's babysitting this kid while his parents go to some Halloween party or whatever. And he's like, you know, all right, it's time for bed, like, whatever, goes to the kitchen to go get a drink and get a snack or whatever, hears the noise, goes in the living room, kid's gone, lamp's knocked over front door is open you're thinking all right michael's in the house somewhere typical michael stuff like you know he goes outside he's looking around he's like doesn't see anybody this house has like an infinite staircase it just spirals it's like a four-story house that just has this like big staircase that just goes up so guy grabs the knife from the kitchen goes upstairs into this like attic area like walks in and is like looking around door slams closed behind him now it's locked and turns out It was the kid, and he's like, I don't want to go to bed and just be in, like, a little shit. And the dude's, like, open the, like, getting freaked out. And you're like, okay, Michael's obviously, like, in the room with him or something. And the dude's, like, you know, like, banging on the door. Like, dude, I'm going to kick this door down, like, open it up. And I'm like, okay, Michael's going to come out and get him or something. And he's, like, kicking in the door. Michael never shows up. But the dude, like, kicks in the door. And I guess the kid was, like right behind the door and as this is happening the parents got home from the halloween party and come in like and the dude sparta kicks the door hits the kid in the face launches him over the railing and falls six floors in front of the parents and just boom on his head like right like on the floor and the parents are like oh my god so good I was like, I did not see that coming. You you think Michael's going to come out, kill the babysitter, do whatever. And it's like, no, dude, this dude just sparta kicked this like little shit like six oh, floors dude. down. So you have that opening and then <laughs> just... Dude, well, yeah. That's, that's the character you spend most of the movie with is that babysitter. Yeah, you, you honestly, in total for this movie, I think you see Michael for maybe a grand total of like 10 minutes. Like, in the first hour, you only see him for about two minutes. Well, that's fair. He's got to be, like, 80 years old now. Like, But it's so weird. Like, the, and the explanation for, like, where Michael's been in a rain gun. Because this movie, between two and three, four years has happened. And they're like, where's Michael? Guess he's just living in this rain gutter out in the park with this crazy homeless dude. Like, eating people or something. That's what was implied anyway, because he's like, people it's, go in there, but they don't come out. I was like, so what, is Michael eating people now? Like very Pennywise. They, they, I feel like with these last two Halloween movies, they leaned very heavily into the, the Stephen King dairy, the town of Derry being an evil force. And yeah, so now Michael Myers is Pennywise feasting on people in the sewers. Like, it's very strange. <laughs> yeah, and then the main uh-huh. dude that we follow, it's like a romance story, but then the romance between him and like, Lori's granddaughter or like whatever it's like it happens so quick and that's yeah. what makes it so awkward and it's like they're just like oh they're like she's like oh I love him and it's like 
dude, you just met this dude like 40 minutes ago. Like, what the hell are you talking about? And he's oh, like, they have a shot where she looks at him for the first time. And it's like supposed to be love at first sight. But my wife and I just looked at each other like, what? Huh? Like, okay, <laughs> that she's just instantly in love with him. It's the silliest thing. Yeah, it's uh. very weird. And then he finds Michael and Michael grabs him and stares into his eyes. And I'm assuming he like unlocked the evil within this kid or something. They never explain it. But yeah, I'm it's... assuming that's what happens. So now the kid starts killing people like Michael would or whatever. And then him and Michael tag team kill people together. And at one point he steals Michael's mask and then dresses up like my. And I'm like, hey, Michael would never let someone else take his mask off. Like that dude would be dead. Ooh. I'm like, no. Like as soon as that happened, I was like, come on, man. And. The thing that pissed me off the most, like, I get where they were going. Like, I honestly didn't think it was that bad. Like, them going this direction, I'm like, mm. okay, they're setting up for him to be, like, the new Michael or whatever. It's where it seemed like it was. I was like, I can kind of see that's where it's going. I don't hate it. What I hated was they do actually kill Michael. It happens. They finally kill him. And the way it happens is Lori pins him between a kitchen island with, like, a whirlpool fridge slits his wrists and his throat and kills him that was all it took was pinning this guy with it you built uh, your whole house into this saw type maze trapped him in it and burned him like like do that like and yet you're you expecting me to believe a fridge and a kitchen knife is what took this guy out when you trapped him in a burning house and he was walking through like bear traps and getting shot in the chest and shit but this is what did it. And then the entire town takes his dead body and like walks him over to this like car crusher and then like mangles him. And they're like, and then everyone just moves on and they're like, yeah, no, no one's going to remember him. Yeah. No one except the like 50 fucking people he killed and like their families <laughs> like, and he's haunted this town for like 40 years. Like, but no one's going to remember him. I love the good M. Night Shyamalan twist that, like, in this last movie, he finally just became a dude. Yeah. It's like, no, yeah. he's not some supernatural being. He's just a guy that we murder with a knife. And it's like, and, wait, what? Yeah, I do think they, they they try to kind of explain a little bit with, with him stuck in the sewer and having uh, this new character, Corey, uh, kind of assisting him and... and and helping him regain his energy. So it is supposed to be a weakened Michael, but I agree with Justin. That's just frustrating, especially after two, where he, he just kills an entire mob full of <laughs> angry townspeople. And now he's just, uh, yeah, I can buy that. He's significantly weaker, but it's, it just feels underwhelming. I, and I actually, I liked the movie quite a bit. I'll say I have a lot of nitpicks about it, but it's at least trying something different. It's a little bit, um, too little too late given that they they squandered so much potential with halloween kills but and and that's the thing that it's most of the movie is a character study for this Corey character who becomes like michael myers and you're he's supposed to be a very sympathetic tragic figure that you're seeing how the bullies in the town and him just having these unfortunate circumstances lead to him eventually with obviously michael myers magical unlocking ability <laughs> It makes him become the next Michael Myers, but uh, it's an interesting story. But given that it's a trilogy and they never introduced Corey before this, that's that's what hurts it the most for me. Yeah, my my other thing was just like they built like and like I said, I didn't hate it. Like I'm ragging on it a lot, but it did pull a lot from Halloween three, the original Halloween three. Like the font was the same as Halloween three. It had like the radio tower and the scarecrow. Like it did a lot of right, I thought. 
and like they built the thing that pissed me off was they built Corey up and i'm like okay they're building him up so it's going somewhere and then Corey just like stabs himself in the neck with a knife and kills himself at the end randomly and yeah that's why i'm like they spent all this time investing in this dude you're watching this dude for the majority of the movie and then for no reason like he has this like showdown with like Lori, and then he's just like ha whatever and then just like kills himself in front of her and then the granddaughter walks in she's like you do and i'm like dude the michael mask is like right there but then like and then it's, she like storms out it just happened so quick and it was so like rushed it felt like 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 oh we got like 20 minutes left of this movie what are we gonna do and it doesn't it doesn't amount to anything like so him stabbing himself was genuinely shocking to me because it's like oh crap now the granddaughter it, it's gonna get her going after Lori. But no, she ends up just going in and helping Lori kill Michael shortly after yeah. that. So it's just, it, yeah, there's no reason to build up all of that potential animosity between Lori and her granddaughter when just ultimately the granddaughter's like, yep, yeah, I know you're right. I'm going to help you kill Michael. And even though you killed my boyfriend and it looks like <laughs> like it was more of a cold-blooded murder than it was, but it's, yeah, a lot of like half-baked ideas, especially with that ending. But that being said, at least it, it, it tried to do something different. Justin mentioned Halloween 3. It has a little bit of that anthology feel uh, where Michael's just kind of a supporting character for a lot of it. But yeah, as the grand finale, I, I understand why people are pissed off and annoyed, even though I, I kind of liked it overall. All right, so bottom line, better or worse than Rob Zombie's Halloween 2? Oh my god. I, for me, it's exponentially better. Like, uh, But I hate Rob Zombie's Halloween movies, personally. I mean, it's definitely, I love Halloween 1 of his. I hate 2. Like, 2 is like, I would honestly rather watch Halloween Resurrection before I watch Rob Zombie's Halloween 2. You'd rather watch Pieces again than oh, Halloween 2? easy. Easy. Like, I hate, like, his wife, is his wife to me is like Kevin uh, Smith's daughter. Like, I yeah. cannot stand her, like, on, <laughs> any screen time she gets is, like, too much for me. I just can't. That being said, it's weird how how many similarities there are in the stories of, of Rob Zombie's Halloween 2 and Halloween Ends. It's just, I feel like they're executed far better in Halloween Ends. Well, there we go. Um, well, I think we should probably wrap it up here. This has been a very long episode. A very fun one, but it's yeah. been very long. Um, Shannon looks like he's about to pass out. So. <laughs> Sorry, Shannon. No, it's, it's fine. It's fine. So, uh, I, I want to thank Steve for joining us. This has been great. I love yes. our I love our annual exploration into horror movies, good and bad. Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure as always. Absolutely. And uh, Justin, why don't you take us in for a landing? You know what, guys? <laughs> Thank you guys for listening to another episode of the That Pixel Life podcast. You know, I, I do appreciate, you know, Steve coming on. We had the, the spooktacular finally happened. And, uh, you know, why don't mm -hmm. you head on over to the Discord? Tell us some of your favorite movies from the 80s, 90s, 2000s, that, some good horror gems that, you know, we may not have touched upon. And uh, while you're at it, why don't you uh, go on over to Spotify, give your boys a review, let us know how we're doing. And, uh, hey, hey, Shannon, if uh, Robbie was here, what do you think Robbie would say? Robbie would say, be great. And I don't care if the 49ers are the most injured team in the NFL, the Falcons won, fair and square. <laughs> Also, Black Adam. See Black Adam. 